calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Shure.com slash Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E dot com forward slash M-O-T-I-V. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mid-Major Madness podcast. My name is Russ Steinberg. I'm joined by my co-editors, Greg Mitchell and Chris Schutte. We apologize. It's been a while since we've done the last podcast. Uh, we did record one that was lost to history, but we're back, and there's a lot of lot for us to talk about. We weren't exactly sure how to go about doing it. So what we're going to do is we're going to answer your questions. You asked them on Twitter a little while ago. Um, we'll answer them as best we could. But first, I know we wanted to touch on the Atlantic 10 before we got into anything else. Rhode Island right now seems to be the clear favorite in that league after St. Bonaventure has slipped up a little bit. Uh, the Rams are 7-0. and Second place is Davidson at 5-1 and one, and Duquesne behind them. Not at all how we thought it would look. And quite honestly, Rhode Island looks like the only NCAA tournament caliber team right now, and that's not something that we expected. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of concerning for the A-10. And again, it, I mean, it could just be a one-year thing, but Rhode Island looks so far above everyone else that it, you know, that's not the way you generally think of the A-10. Like last year, obviously, it was very competitive, um, and they had the three teams in. And But, you know, uh, this year, Rhode Island has uh, six of their seven games. Um, they've won by by, by uh, more than uh, 10 points. Um, they've had no problem on the road, really. Uh, 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 VCU um, has kind of disappointed in conference play, as has St. Bonaventure, which essentially removes the two teams, I think, I think we'd all agree were the ones we thought would challenge them. So I guess the question is, especially with the coaching changes at VCU and Dayton, um, is this the new normal for the Atlantic 10 if those hires don't take off? Um, because if it is, it's looking more and more like a one-bid uh, conference. Um, but I, again, it, I could be overreacting for just you know a few weeks of one year of conference play. Well, I, th- I think it's way too early to start calling it the new normal or anything like that. Um, I mean, this is just, we knew that Dayton would be rebuilding this year. I mean, no matter who they hired, like they could have made the greatest hire in the world. They didn't have the talent that they've had in previous years. Uh, that doesn't worry me so much. Not too worried about VCU either. Um, I think, I really do think this is just sort of a one-time thing. You also have to look at the other programs around there. I think George Washington is starting to build itself up. St. Louis, even though that they've even though they've struggled, they are as well. Uh, Mark Schmidt's been very consistent at St. Bonaventure, even if they don't end up being a tournament team, which would be a big disappointment. Don't get me wrong; uh, they're still competitive. They're still always going to be competitive. I'm not worried about the Atlantic Ten long term, um, but this year, unless they turn it around, and by they I mean probably Bonaventure as having the best chance. Uh, that's looking like a one-bid league. It, it kind of reminds me of kind of how the Valley was for the last couple of years with uh, Wichita State, just having that one dominant team like Rhode Island. And 
Uh, I, I agree with you, Russ, that I don't think it's it's too early to say like if those VCU and Dayton hires aren't going to work out. Um, obviously, when you lose coaches of you know Archie Miller and Will Wade says they're going to Power Five teams, there's going to be a little bit a little bit of a drop off, especially um, for both those teams. They lost a lot of senior leadership. But I think if you know we start getting you know two three years down the road and it's still looking like you know, one, maybe two teams in every year, then that's when it starts to become a little bit concerning. And I I think sadly that's the fear is that it becomes like the Valley, right? Because at this point I I can't imagine in the next three, four or five years, you know, a situation where the Valley is more than a one big league, you know, and it's, those are a lot of, those are schools that are passionate about the sport um, generally support the sport, but just after Wichita left, and even when they were in it, it had reached the point where you didn't expect it to be more than a one bid league. And that, again, it's it's just been a few weeks, and there are a lot of new coach, a few new coaches in really important places that have to establish themselves still. But I think that's the I think that's the fear is that it it becomes like the Valley, where it's a, a league where, yeah, they care about basketball and it's it's exciting to watch, but it's it's just you kind of resign yourself to being a one big league. So I mean, again, I'm I'm overreacting, but that's kind of the thought I had um, up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that, but I think it's a bit of an apples and oranges comparison because when you look at a lot of these schools in the Atlantic 10, I mean, especially Dayton, that's a school with a lot of basketball tradition. Same thing with St. Joseph's and even LaSalle because they're in, you know, they're big five schools. Like these are teams that take basketball very seriously. These are programs willing to invest in their basketball programs. And I'm not, saying that that isn't the same for schools in the Valley, but like Dayton is known for its basketball. St. Joe's is known for having Phil Martelli and the Hawk and all of this. VCU has built a brand for itself. Like I, I'm not saying that these are, you know, perennial national contenders or anything, but I think it's reasonable to expect that one or more of those schools every year is going to be nationally relevant. And then if you add in a school like Rhode Island or one other school every year that has it all together, has maybe a lot of seniors, has a good young coach, like this league is going to be fine. I don't see this as becoming a more, more than an aberration if it even is that. And now maybe switch gears slightly a year like this in the Atlantic 10, maybe this is a good opportunity when, you know, everyone's down a little bit for a school like Duquesne to actually make some noise. You know, they've beaten uh, Dayton, GW, LaSalle, George Mason already. You know, maybe this will be fun. I'm not saying they're better than Rhode Island, not by a long shot. But if Rhode Island is going to be the only competitive team in this conference, then maybe Duquesne can make things interesting. And I think that adds a whole other dimension to it. Absolutely. And I should walk back my A-10 uh, worry because um, as awesome as uh, Rhode Island has looked, they still do have to go to Davidson. Um, and I believe they do go to VCU and St. Bonaventure as well. Uh, looking at the schedule here, they do. They do go to all three of those schools. So, you know, it's not it's not as if they're going to run the table. Um, I mean, I, it's not impossible. I could see that happening. But um, there are, you know, it is it is. There are still some chances for uh, competition for them as we go along here. Davidson was a, a school that early on was um, – they struggled a little bit after coming out of the gate hot, but now that they've won 
Uh, they've won five straight in A10 play. They had a nice win against uh, St. Bonaventure the other night. And they're a team that's got a lot of offensive weapons. Obviously, everybody knows how good Peyton Aldridge is. John Axel Goodmanson's a really good shooter. Kellen Grady's been really good as a freshman. And obviously, Bob McKillop has proven multiple times that he's one of the best coaches at the mid-major level. So I think that while their record might not show that they're all that great, I mean, they're sitting at 10-7, and um, I still think that they're a team that could potentially be a matchup issue for for Rhode Island and maybe be a team that ends up stealing a, a bid. I mean, it's I mean it's incredible because it's like every year, no matter who leaves, they seem to always have one of like the top five players in the league. You know, like it's not like oh, this is just a solid team. There's always like they, they seem to always have like a star, which is that guy can get it done. You know, in the A10, he's finished fourteen and four, ten and eight, eight and ten, and he's off to a, a five and one start. So, I think that ever since they made the jump from the SoCon, these kind of proven they're going to be pretty solid year in year out and that's probably largely attributed to just how good of a coach he is. I talked to Bob McKillop about recruiting at Atlantic 10 media day. So here's what he had to say. So how, how do you sell Davidson to recruits? Um, I, I really believe we have a, a culture, not just a program, not just a team. And um, there's a continuity. There's a, and that's because I've been there as long as I have. And that's one of the joys and fortunes of being in a place for a long period of time. You can create a culture. So there's a kinship between uh, uh, the class of 2017 and the class of 1992. Uh, uh, so I, I sell it because of the environment that you're going to come into. I sell it because of our academics. I sell it because of the intimacy where you're a student athlete. And it's, a, it's not just some code word. It's, a, it's actually lived out each day where they are a student athlete. Um, the success we've had, the... The campus, the beauty of the campus, the location of the campus, uh, uh, professors who are going to be staying after class and know your name and giving you instruction individually that are also going to come and cheer you on in the basketball court. So it's kind of a unique situation. If you look at schools throughout the country that are like Davidson, small liberal arts schools with great academic uh, rigor, uh, they're all Division Three, and, and we are very unique in that respect. Has um, has it changed at all? Do you think since you joined the Atlantic Ten? Absolutely. It's like it, it, it's as though we were playing on a, uh, a community playhouse stage, and our production was great investment, great uh, energy, great inspiration, terrific actors, terrific musicians, and now all of a sudden that has been taken to a Broadway stage. And, of course, the audience is going to be a lot different on the Broadway stage. And, of course, people will want to come and be an actor on that Broadway stage, much more so than in the community right. playhouse. Do we want to take some questions? Yes. Yeah. Well, this is one that we were actually kind of on the subject of. Uh, Cam asks, how screwed is St. Bonaventure? It's not looking great. I mean, the at-large chance at this point, I think, is gone. I don't know that they can get that back because I think – I, I, I mean, because they were one of the teams that we had identified, which, as all the teams we talk about for the most part are, um, such a small margin for error. And then, like, the Niagara loss, I don't think we knew whether, you know, the, a committee would factor in that Adams wasn't in that game. But um, 
it, it's just hard for me to think, and I and I'm interested here uh, of what you have to say. It's just it's just hard for me to think that a team can lose four out of five in in an eight ten the way it is this year and still and still have a shot. Okay, so no doubt Bonaventure's got to go on a run to even make this a relevant discussion. I think we all agree on we all agree yes. on that. So when it gets to Selection Sunday, and if St. Bonaventure is in the position to at least be in the at-large discussion, which I think is still a reasonable expectation, they, the committee will see a win at Syracuse, a win over Maryland on a neutral floor, a win at Buffalo that's starting to look really good, a win over Vermont, who should be in the tournament field, plus then probably a couple of solid wins in the A-10 because that is how they would get to the at-large discussion to begin with. Look at their losses. Their only bad one is to Niagara without Jalen Adams, and that was to open the season. I think they would have a better case than you would think, and maybe a better case than, say, the 10th team in the ACC. Uh, You have to get to 68 teams somehow, and maybe St. Bonaventure is the answer. Maybe it's another school from Conference USA. I think that's something we could talk about too. Um, But I don't know how many mid-major schools are going to have the quality of wins that St. Bonaventure has outside of, say, a Gonzaga or a St. Mary's. Part of of the issue for them in their recent skid, though, is – all four of their losses have come on the road. And if you're going to help build a resume, those are games you have to win. Like you can't, you can't lose a game at Dayton. You can't lose at St. Joseph's. If you're also going like losses at Rhode Island and Davidson aren't bad. Combine that with losing at Dayton and St. Joseph's, then that's when it starts to become an issue. Um, There's just only so many chances you get to actually pick up, you know, a quality, quality win in the league and they're they're squandering their chances yeah, yeah that, that's true and I, I would say you could lose those games but you can't lose all of those games um but on the other hand you know take care of business at home and they still go to george mason duquesne LaSalle, vcu and st louis that's not the greatest schedule but if they could pick up a couple of road wins and maybe get their signature one at vcu then i think that changes the discussion a little bit i just i still think there's too much time left to completely discount st bonaventure from the at-large discussion but i'll also say this everyone gets all you know up in arms about the team's at-large chances we get questions like that on twitter every day we got one about buffalo yesterday We'll get them probably regularly about teams in Conference USA because that's looking like it could be a multi-bid league. We'll get questions from like Vermont fans, like if Vermont runs the table and loses in the America East final, et cetera. And to that, I just want to say this and just want to put it out there because I don't think we've done it yet. Why are you worried about an at-large bid when you should be the runaway favorite to win your conference <laughs> tournament? Go win that and forget about this conversation entirely. If St. Bonaventure wins three straight games in Washington, D.C. in March, this conversation doesn't matter. St. Bonaventure's in the NCAA tournament. So just do that. It seems like they have a – I mean, that it's a team that could very well still have that happen. Yeah. 
Of course. I, I saw um, on their uh, their uh, Twitter chatter yesterday, um, some folks um, I saw in uh, Bona blog were talking about how this team lacks a leadership. And I don't, I don't know enough about it to know if that's the case or what uh, goes into that really. But um, I did notice that uh, looking at their Ken Palm page in, in the overall, they have a top hundred uh, defense, but um, in a 10 play, they have the third to last ranked uh, defense in the conference. They've uh, given up at least 82 points in all four of their losses. Um so, you know, it seems like Mobley and Adams have their numbers each night. I know that happened against Rhode Island. Um, and they were in that game um, in the first half despite some foul trouble from Adams. But um, they just kind of folded defensively in the in the second half of that game. And I guess that's just a, kind of been how it's gone thus far. So that's something they have to improve upon. But they're uh, across the season, it seems like that's something that they do have the potential to improve upon. I, I was just going to say, for what it's worth, I'm looking at uh, Bracket Matrix. They have St. Bonaventure in the next four out group. So That's right there. Like you said, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, so they're in that discussion. Right. So next question, we touched on it a minute ago. Thomas Payne asks us, he asks us who we got, Old Dominion, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky. So give us some common sense here. Is that a founding father? Was he a founding father, Thomas Paine? Thomas Paine wrote the common sense. That was my joke. All right, there you go. It went right over my head. That's okay. I'll cut this part out. But if you want to just laugh now, I could just edit it in. <laughs> oh, man. I I had it in my head, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going to ask if he's a founding father. He it's going to be hilarious. Father, and then the, the, the joke, I didn't even – okay. I didn't even listen to it. I didn't know. Okay, good. Yeah, I've actually seen his grave. It's in New York City. Oh, there you go. Do you have an audio from him? Did you talk to him at yeah. A10 Media Day? <laughs> so our, our founding father does want to know what we think about Conference USA. So who you guys got? It's a big win for uh, Middle Tennessee yesterday. I'm all in on the fight in Stansbury. Really? Even though they lost yesterday, I'm, I'm buying the stock. I think, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to you know, work in a couple new pieces, but that, that team is pretty talented. Well, I, I figured you guys would say either Western Kentucky or Middle Tennessee. So that's why I wanted to point out that uh, today, January 21st in the year of our Lord, 2018, Old Dominion is the nicest team in Ken Palm, ranked number 69. They've had a couple stints as the nice yeah. team in Ken Palm. Now, they don't really have any great wins. They did beat Dayton on a neutral floor. I guess that's something. They beat Marshall at home, which is big in Conference USA. But if you look at their numbers, they are one of the most efficient defensive teams in the country. They limit opponents to just 41% shooting inside the arc, which is pretty darn impressive. They have the uh, 39th ranked defense in the nation, according to Ken Palm. Jeff Jones, uh, he of American Eagles fame, uh, seems to really have himself a really good team, and I think one that has flown under the radar because it doesn't have, A, the star power that Middle Tennessee has with Nick King and Pity Gotts, or B, the bag that uh, Rick Stansberry has. But people need to watch out for the maybe the best team in Conference USA, the Old Dominion Monarchs. 
So I wrote about them a little bit in the live blog yesterday just because they no, – I didn't read um, that. Well, <laughs> well, no, I just <laughs> – well, no, I said essentially what you said. It's a good defense. They kept pace. They're there. We can't forget about them. Um, and again, I, to be candid, I have admired them from from their stats this year. I haven't had a chance to watch them play. Um, but, you know, I have noticed Ahmed Carver um, is is a really steady point guard who does not turn the ball over. Um, and they've got a great, great defense. So that's I feel like that combination should always uh, give you a chance. Um, so I, I, that, yeah, I'll, I'll go all in on them uh, with you as well, just to be a contrarian here. And, and I'll say this about conference USA and having a chance to watch old dominion play. If you're listening to this conference USA, please get a better streaming deal. Oh my God. I can't watch awful. you anywhere. I don't know what your teams are doing. I, I have no idea. Like occasionally one of you gets on CBS sports and it's fine, but I, I don't know anything about any of you. Please help us out. I mean, it's a shame because you know, you know of the leagues that you think would be in that uh, predicament, yeah. they're they're not that. So it's it's very strange. A Sun, no offense to A Sun, but why does A Sun have all their games on ESPN and you and don't? Conference God USA. bless the A Sun. Thank you. You're a lot of fun to watch. Conference USA. Please take note. And then we get the good tweets from people like, "Hey, didn't see any tweets from you guys about the game okay. last night." <laughs> all right. Listen. Listen, well, what? <laughs> Listen, I know what you're talking about. We we could name them. They they were talking oh, yeah, about the Boise okay. Nevada game last night. Nevada, sorry. I try to hit them with some kindness. I try to be very kind and uh, <laughs> point them to the uh, the good accounts for that stuff. Yeah, we have nothing against the Mountain West. Nothing against Nevada. We've seen them play a bunch, and we've seen Boise play a bunch. They're both really good teams. Um, fact of the matter is that what time did that game tip? 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I was working. Uh, Chris has a social life and Greg had dinner with his wife. Yeah. After, after I sat through UMKC and Grand Canyon, there's only so much yeah, man can take. Listen, we, we try, but this is not our full-time job. All right. Right. We work, we do things. Give us a break, please. That's all I have to say about that. You jerks. Just you joking. Jerks. Also, there's I'm like sure. we we've talked about this time and time again. We have to cover so many teams. Yes. So many. There there are endless amounts of teams that I have not watched a single second of this year, and I do not feel the least bit of regret about it. Like Yeah. Sorry. Like and- I don't want to watch your team. And honestly, if if you feel that we are disrespecting your team, you're probably right. Yeah, you <laughs> probably I mean, are. We're, we're not we're not perfect, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, teach their own. But cool. if you if you're gonna get mad at us for not tweeting about a game on a Saturday night, like do something better with your life, like walk off. And it's like of all of all leagues, if you want right. Mountain West content. It's there. You can find it. You know, we write, we talk about those two teams all the time. Like, yeah, we yeah. talk about Nevada and Boise a lot, and I've watched them play a lot because they have also played at reasonable hours. Yeah. Now, if a SWAC team scores like three hundred points in a game, and we're not talking about it, then I can understand. Oh, it. but other than that, then you can get mad at us. Hey, I voluntarily watched SWAC basketball a couple weeks ago for this website. 
don't say I'm not doing my part. <laughs> and that was on ESPN, wasn't it? So what the hell, Conference USA? Was it? I don't even remember. It was on YouTube. Was it YouTube? Oh, yeah. It was I, thought they had it was Sunday, I thought they got on ESPNU every once in a while. Yeah. Like well, on Sunday uh, night. Southern Texas Southern was on ESPNU. Okay, see? No. Yeah, get it together, Conference USA. That's the point. All right, next question. Uh, Valpo Hoops fan, one of our favorite tweeters. He asks, if the Valley expands to 12, who should they add? And who do you think will be added to the conference? Play Kamish. You Northern and Casey. Kentucky. Shut up. Easy. <laughs> Chris, is at, Chris actually has the right answer for one of the teams. <laughs> Northern Kentucky. Yeah, Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky's days in the Horizon League are limited, especially if they continue to be extremely good. If you've got a nice arena, good young up-and-coming coach, program's new, it'll be yeah. hot commodity. That program is brand new to Division One, and they are already competing like they've been here forever. Like, you would never know. They are extremely good. They've got a they've got a big following online, which helps, I guess. But I mean, it doesn't yeah, hurt. I would I would be I would be surprised if Northern Kentucky is not one of the next teams that gets added to the valley. Now, who else do they add? Murray State would probably be the other guess because I know. Yeah, Murray would be a like, good option. Would um, uh, Belmont go? I don't know. I know they were at least discussed this year. I don't know if that was in an official capacity or that was just rumors, but that would, I mean, if you can add that market, that would seem to be. Yeah. Belmont would be a good get. I think either of those two schools. I mean, I guess you, I know a Milwaukee. Um, I think they made a presentation this year. I don't I mean, that would again be a, you're going for the market, not necessarily the, the uh, program itself, but. Yeah. I would imagine that would be on the table. So along those lines, stay with me on this. What about Oakland? Why? What is what is your reasoning for that? Um I am looking it up right now, but are they kind of near Detroit? Could you argue they have that market? Uh noted Missouri Valley area school, Detroit. Uh listen, <laughs> since when does geography actually matter in conference realignment? It doesn't. All right. They, it's relatively close to Chicago. They have a Chicago team. They have teams in Indiana. It's not that far outside the footprint. It is pretty close to Detroit. You could probably, if if your contract runs out in St. Louis, maybe you could do a year of the tournament in Detroit. It's a good extra city to add to the conference. Oakland is a competitive school year in and year out. They have a passionate fan base. It's something to look at. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they'd be my first choice, but it's an option. And I mean, they've already hopped up a league and stayed competitive. So I know that it would be another jump in competition, but really it's probably not as much as a lot of folks in the Valley would make it out to be. Um, I think you want to be and, and this is uh, Detroit as well within shouting distance of Chicago and, and Indiana, like you mentioned, but I think you want to be a careful um not to fall into the problems the WAC has had, which is, and that's exaggerated, obviously, but it's, it's one of the great things about a mid-major basketball is just like the regional aspect of it, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so I think you want to be a careful, especially when you're a conference like the Valley that really has that going for it. Um, but no, I mean that it's not like a Detroit is like offensively far away from any of those places. 
Also, Oakland versus Valpo would be lit. That would be a great yeah. rivalry. And and that would be nice to add in a rivalry there, you know? Yeah. And that, that would be – yeah. Um, you could add the University of Omaha and uh, reclaim that market. How about that? Hmm? No. Yeah. That team is bad, though. I'm yeah, against I, everything in Nebraska, <laughs> just like morally. Except for Creighton. I like Creighton. Creighton's fun. Yeah, Creighton's fun. Also, like Nebraska loves basketball. Like Creighton and Nebraska fill their arenas no matter how good they are. Or at least Creighton does. And they both have great facilities too, which yeah. is you know, which is cool. You know what Creighton should go to the Missouri Valley. That's what I think. Yeah, they'd probably dominate. <laughs> yeah, they would actually. Take out Creighton, add in Yukon to the big east. Who says no besides Creighton? Creighton. Besides Creighton. You know what, Creighton, it's time for you to go home. Go home. You came from the Valley. The Kyle Corver years, they were beautiful. Go back. Greg McDermott, retire. Yes, Greg, Greg McDermott, go coach Ohio State. Oh, wait. Remember oh, yeah, he was in the running for that, wasn't he? He turned it down. You dumbass. Yeah, seriously. Could have had him there, and then IU could have hired Chris Holtman. Yeah. Now I'm upset. Thanks. <laughs> um, related to this, Redhead Redemption asks, who is going to win the Valley? Which is kind of a good question because the Valley is kind of trash. Let me go, let me go grab a hat. I am, I am very angry at Missouri State. So, I, I mean, I, they should be so good. Like, you've got a guy who I guess is going to get you know, taken in the first round. I know he's had, like, st- like, statistically a really good year, but I feel like when I watch him, and now, Graham, I don't watch every Missouri, every second of every Missouri State game, but he, he doesn't – he's not as impressive as – at least when I watch. Again, I know he's had, like, an obscene amount of, like, 20-point, like, 10-rebound games or something like that. So he, he's a really good player. But, I, you know, when you, got, when you have a, a guy like Alzea Johnson, like, you should win – I think it's Alize, right? I can never get that. I have name. no clue. Right. I thought it was Elise too, but then I heard I Alize on Elise. TV, and now I just I don't know anything. Yeah. With that guy and all the good players they have, there's no reason to me with the Valley being as like meh as it is that they should not be heads above everybody else, and they're just they're not, and they lost this weekend. So, whoever's in last place right now, that's who I think is going to win the Valley. Drake. Yep. Drake. Hello. Drake will win the Valley. Are we talking regular season or the tournament? Does it matter? Well, I mean, it. no, not really. <laughs> All I know is that Southern Illinois is not would, winning the Valley. That's the only thing I know. I would guess Loyola Chicago. That's, that's my pick. I'm locking it in. Loyola has won five straight games after beating Halpo this afternoon. Yeah. Um, I moved them way up in my rankings this week. Yeah, because they've actually taken care yeah. of business lately. Yeah, mostly because like a lot of other teams just suck. Tommy Glasgow writes for the site on occasion about the CAA. He asks if we could please explain the blatant disrespect for the CAA in everyone's power rankings. Mm. Every time I rank a CAA team, they go out they and lose. lose. So I, I've kind of given up on... There was probably a stretch where I had ranked a different CAA team like three weeks in a row, and then they all just went out and lost. So it's like, all right, I'm... I give up on this. Like, show me some consistency, and maybe I'll put you in. 
The CAA is another one, and I could be wrong on this, but I have not watched many of their games because their games are hard to find as well. I've seen Charleston play a few times, and I'm still, I still have not jumped off of their, I don't want to say bandwagon, but I, I still think that they're a legit team. Uh, they have taken a couple of tough losses, but I still yeah, have a Drexel loss. Yeah. yeah, that was a bad loss. That was bad. But I guess that's on the road. Yeah, that was still bad. Um, I did watch. I watched the end of that game. So their, as I look at their stats, their issue is that you know the uh, a reputation or the thought coming into this year was that they'd be just incredible defensively because they yeah. were yeah. Um, returning so many guys. They have those three stars, even though I know Jarrell Brantley was out um, for a time. But their uh, defensive numbers are pretty pedestrian. I mean, they're still uh, pretty good, um, but for where we expected them to be, they're not, they're not where they were. And it kind of like we were, we were discussing with St. Bonaventure, they've lost all their road games in conference, um, which for a team that a lot of people thought would be heads and above the best team in the CIA, that's, that's not how you establish yourself. Is that. Yeah. They, they were supposed to be the best team in this conference definitively. And it just hasn't happened. And we, we had, and an idea that that would be the case early on when they lost to Cal Poly, but like they've just they've underperformed. Towson got off to that great start. Then Greg wrote about them, so the rest is history. Bad. There, yeah, you never want Greg to write about you ever. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I mean, CAA is a competitive league, so it's going to be fun to watch. I just don't know how good it is. Yeah. Like I think Hofstra, the times I've watched them, that's one of the more fun teams to watch because they score a lot and they've got um what's that guy's name? Wright Foreman, the guard. Like he's really fun to watch. Um uh Northeastern is a fun team, but I don't know that any of these teams have done enough lately or in the non conference to really uh, make an impression um on a bunch of a bunch of people that, you know, watch the sport on a on a national level and not a, not a hyper local level. Adam asks us who is more poised to pull off a first round upset in the tournament, middle Tennessee, SFA, Louisiana, Vermont, Western Kentucky, Belmont, South Dakota state, or someone else. This is an interesting question because it's not just about which one of these mid majors is actually good. It's more, which has the type of team that you would expect to maybe beat like a five or a four seed that is maybe a little overrated or something. So I figured that would be fun to discuss. I think Middle Tennessee and Vermont are both good candidates because they're experienced. They've been there before um, and they're well coached, but curious to hear what you guys have to say. So I would say, um, I would say Louisiana and I know that's, so they did not play that many high major schools this year. They, they have a win over Iowa. Um, they got destroyed by Ole Miss and Clemson, but they just have, uh, I'd say, high major size. Uh, Shakina Agant, he played at Mizzou. Uh, Malik Maraketti, um, he played at USC. Uh, Marcus Stroman played at South Carolina. Frank Bartley played at BYU. Um, so if there's a team that kind of steps off the bus um, and is not – you know, does not look incredibly out of place. I think that they're a team that you would say that about. So I would just kind of under the radar, I'd go with them as a, um, 
a team that you may not want to overlook. That said, they'll probably go out and lose like five straight games, but that's my thought right now. That's actually a good point. And Louisiana has also um, the, the next question that I was going to bring up was someone asked about Louisiana, if they could run the table in the Sun Belt. Um, and they've already won the toughest game that they're going to have to play in conference, which is at UT Arlington. And they won that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Louisiana is on track to come into the NCAA tournament red hot. Uh, their only losses have been quality ones. There's no reason to think that they can't give a five seed or something a really good game. They're, they're another team that I haven't really had a chance to watch. Um, I know a lot of the Sunbelt games are on ESPN, but I never seem to catch them at the right time. So I think that's going to be one of the teams I try to catch a little bit of here in the coming weeks, especially if they continue to be hot. But knowing my luck, they're going to lose two straight, and I'm going to lose all interest. So <laughs> apologies in advance. Yeah, it's funny. I've, I've watched UT Arlington play, it feels like, 15 times this year. And I don't know if I've watched another Sunbelt team more than once or twice. You guys probably already know my pick for for my upset. Allow me to talk about our Lord and Savior, Mike Dom, for a minute. I've never heard of him. Who is that? Stop. You're, you're a cop. <laughs> right now, South Dakota State is ranked number 22 in the country in offense on Kempom. They're shooting above 40% from three. They obviously have they've got Mike Dom. They've got a really good freshman in David Jenkins who can really score it. Reed Tellinghusen can really shoot it. Find me a high major coach that is going to want to play that offense in a first-round matchup. Other than Tony Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of uh, too bad for them. I know they had a really up-and-down year last year, so I guess it's not too bad. But I, I, I guess it's... The, the better way to say it is it's uh, too bad that for uh, Mike Dom, but that they had a, they had to be a 16 and play Gonzaga. I know they, they yeah, earned themselves yeah. a 16, yeah. but um, that was just obviously a bad matchup for anybody. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see them. I, cause I, I think we'd all agree they're not getting a 16 this year if they get in. Um, no, I, I, th- I think they're kind of trending towards the probably like a 12, 13 range yeah, right now. I agree with that. And they they nearly knocked off Maryland um, a couple of years back when they were a 12 seed. Um, I think that was like the year that Maryland was like ranked number one in the country for like part of the year, like preseason. They had like Diamond Stone and, and Jake Wayman was on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was Rashid Suleiman, all yep. those guys. So, I mean, if he if he gets a, a good matchup, which I mean, he's pretty much a good matchup in just about any game at this point, but that's they're an absolute buzzsaw right now. They're torching Summit League teams, and it's getting kind of redundant. And like when I write my rankings, it's like, all right, well, South Dakota State's killing everyone else, and the rest of the league isn't all that great. So good luck trying to stop it. And I'm not sure there's many, many teams in the country at any level that can really contain this offense. And I, I see they do have that kind of one really hard game uh, in the year left this Wednesday at uh, South Dakota. So that'll be interesting because, as you mentioned, after that, it does not look the uh, lowest win 
percentage likelihood they have on Ken Palm after that is 63%. So. Yeah. I think if they, if they win Wednesday, I think they're probably going to run the table just because, I mean, that's, that's fun. There's nobody that can score with them. And they've already gone to North Dakota state, right? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that'll, that'd be the, I guess Fort Wayne could be a hard one because they seem like they can get up and down, right? Yeah, Dom, he torches them, though. Like, okay. they can't. Oh, that was the 50-plus point game, this year, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've – and they're wildly inconsistent. So, if I were a betting man, do not be surprised to see Mike Dom giving somebody buckets in the second round. Chris, are you a betting man? I'm not. I like how you said second round, so you're just assuming that they win in the first round. Well, yeah. Now for everybody's favorite segment on this podcast, Greg's Whack Minute, because we do have a question from Stephen Laramore. He asks, have y'all heard of NMSU? I don't know what that means. I don't know what NMSU is. I have no idea. This this website admittedly spends a disproportionate <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> I I th- honestly think if you looked if you like ran analytics on our headlines this year, I think the the term New Mexico State would probably pop up the most. Um, You're probably right. No, they're very good, and I I'm convinced that they have a. Very, and I know we talked about this um, on on Slack the other day, so I'll, I'll be interested to hear you guys discuss this. Um, here, um, I firmly believe that they have a very small chance at an at-large if they run the table and lose to either Grand Canyon or Utah Valley in the WAC championship game. That's obviously a qualifying it quite a bit, but I'd like to hear if you guys think that's insane or whether that's uh, something that's out there. I'm pulling up their team sheet right now. Give me a minute. So when you first brought this up in Slack last week, my first instinct was to say you're completely insane which you may be but that is neither here nor there um then i looked at their resume they're 17 and 3 ranked number 47 in ken palm they've beaten illinois davidson and miami all on a neutral floor that was at the uh, the diamond head classic they don't have a really bad loss san diego i know has slipped uh but that's yeah, still that's not that worse. bad yeah. It's getting worse, uh, but they've also they swept the home and home with New Mexico. New Mexico just beat two good teams in uh, the Mountain West. They beat Colorado State. If they can run the table in the regular season, and if they slip up in the WAC tournament, I think they have a case. I don't know if they will get in because I think the committee still has a ways to go with how they look at teams. Not from mid-major conferences, but from low-major conferences. Um, But it will, at minimum, be a really interesting conversation in um, the committee room in Indianapolis on what to do with them. They're kind of giving me Middle Tennessee vibes from last year. What does that mean? This, you know, like really good... Throughout the year, like I mean, Middle Tennessee was thirty-one and five. They went seventeen and one in 
uh, Conference USA play. They had a couple nice non-conference wins. And I think something we talked a lot about last year was this exact thing. Okay, Middle Tennessee, they were really good in the regular season. If they slip up in the conference tournament, can they get an at-large? Obviously, that wasn't the case. They took care of business. I think that's kind of where the discussion is heading with New Mexico State. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's and it's and I guess this was the case with, with Middle Tennessee State, but it's especially the case for them. But they they cannot afford to lose a game. I mean, if they lose a game, it's over. And that's it's too bad because they could very well lose a game and it doesn't change that they're a really good team. But that league will do them no favors whatsoever. Um I, I'd still be willing to entertain the conversation if the game they lose is to Grand Canyon because they're still a top one hundred team. Yeah. And they do go to Utah Valley, which yeah, uh, should be their hardest game of the year um, left because they they already got that win at Grand Canyon. Um, but that would be something else if we had a two bid whack that I two bid whack. I would love it if that if that were the Greg, case. Would you ever wear pants again if that happened? No, no I'd wear a Grand Canyon shirt if that happened. I'd be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get any of the free swag the other night. No, you really should have. I don't know. What I, I was honestly thinking. disappointed by. Um, I saw. I, I saw on Twitter they had uh, three hundred people in in Chicago for the Chicago State game during the week, and then they didn't. They didn't even have a hundred last night. Now, granted, Chicago's huge. Kansas City's not huge, but I was. It felt like last year they had more, so I was kind of disappointed on that end. Yeah, well, as someone who's been to both of those airports, I could tell you that Kansas City is not very big. <laughs> Yeah, but you can attend Grand Canyon from anywhere. You don't have to fly in anywhere. That's you know? true. Yeah, that's true. Hashtag ads, hashtag sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is that's actually a good transition. Um, the Mid-Major Baddest podcast is brought to you by our friends at uh, the Pilot Pen. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us about them? Are you tired of inferior writing utensils? Are you tired of walking over to Greg from accounting's desk asking for a pen and he hands you Bic? Hey, hey, like, hey. No, hey, Greg. Hey. Greg from accounting. Nobody wants Bic. With my good friends at Pilot Pen USA, I never have to worry about having a bad writing utensil. The Pilot G2 pen is the best writing utensil on the market. I get a clear, crisp handwriting for as bad as my handwriting is. Don't have to worry about it being illegible. Treat yourself to some Pilot G2 pens. Hashtag ad. Hashtag sponsored. Chris, that was way better than Buster only doing the uh, MeUndies ads. It's wild because Pilot Pen absolutely dunked on me on Twitter. But then they agreed to send me stuff. So who's the real winner here? I will let anyone dunk on me on Twitter if they're also going to send me stuff. Oh, like I, I will absolutely shill out for any yeah. product if you me for free. Like brands, if you're listening, like just find <laughs> me and dunk on me and then send me stuff. It would it'll be great for your brand and it'll be great for me. The Mid Major Madness podcast sponsored by Rebecca Lobo. Yeah, no, she dunks on me a lot. <laughs> she could actually probably like physically dunk on you too. She could dunk on well, she could dunk on you too. She could dunk on a lot of people. Well, it's more impressive when she can duck on somebody that's six eight like you. So that's true. That's true. Please keep that ad in the in the final. Absolutely. Thank God. Maybe I'll send no the question. podcast to him and 
Like, hey guys. <laughs> Should we do a Blue Apron ad next? <laughs> no, Blue Apron's trash. We need to do a um, Seat Geek. Seat Geek's a good one. Oh, Seat Geek. Bill Simmons podcast brought to you by Seat Geek. Millions of tickets in one place. That is promo code Midmajor Madness. <laughs> in space for ten dollars off your first purchase at Seat Geek. I listen to too many podcasts. Oh, oh, I do too. I was disappointed that there wasn't a new Ion College basketball podcast today. Yeah, they're, they're probably doing it tomorrow then. Yeah, probably. All right, do we have any more good questions? Um, I have a question for you. Sure. I, and this, this won't work if you've already looked at scores from today. Uh, but, I've paid very little attention to college basketball this weekend. All right. Then I'm going to tell you that Virginia played Wake Forest today. Yeah, and I am going to ask you to guess the total number of combined points scored in that game. Oh, let's go with uh, one hundred thirteen. Lower. Oh my god, ninety-seven. Higher than that, one hundred four. It is one hundred eight. I'm going to throw up. It was fifty-nine to forty-nine. Fifty-nine possessions. Extremely John Rothstein voice. A thing of beauty. People who get upset about us shitting on the way Virginia plays are infuriating. They're it's also not, all Virginia fans. It is not good. No. And it has nothing to do with how good your basketball team is. Your coming basketball from, team wins a lot of games. They're very good. They're just boring as hell. Coming from the person who watches more Big Ten basketball than is healthy for you. So one Big Ten game? I watch precisely one Big Ten game a week. Then I call <laughs> then I call nine one one. No As I was, you should. Love me some plague ball. I would rather watch like Rutgers versus Penn State than watch like Virginia versus pretty much anybody. Except for maybe like Duke. Virginia yeah, suck. probably Virginia <laughs> Duke would actually be kind of fun. Next Saturday. Be weird. But I noticed this the other day that St. Mary's plays almost as slow as Virginia and is infinitely more watchable. Because they're good at offense. Maybe they're just so good offensively. They're and Virginia's good too, but St. Mary's is number three in the country in offensive efficiency, number three in effective field goal percentage. They don't turn the ball over. They make shots from three. Jack Landell could do whatever the hell he wants. Like they're actually fun to watch. But if Virginia played St. Mary's, I would just set my TV on fire. Plague ball. That game would be 43 to like 35. No, actually yes. Virginia would probably win that by a lot because St. Mary's can't really play defense. Hey, they just beat Gonzaga in a result we all knew was – was coming yeah should we should we share with the good folks of online our how that came into effect yeah that's all you so if you if you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about go back i don't know it's like i think wednesday we put out a tweet saying saint mary's is going to beat gonzaga tomorrow night do not at this account under any circumstances 
the reasoning for that was, I think, internally in Slack, I was like, hey, you know what would be funny and would piss a lot of people off <laughs> is if we sent out a tweet saying St. Mary's is going to beat Gonzaga. Send out the tweet, lo and behold, Gonzaga friends are like, you're crazy. Like, you're stupid. Like, what are you talking about? Fast forward 24 hours, St. Mary's wins. The whole site just starts talking mad trash on Twitter. And it was probably the highlight of my week. Uh, it was beautiful. That was a, was a master, was a master stroke. I, I had, Chris, I had wanted to talk to you about this, like as the game was going on, about what we were going to do, but I didn't want to jinx it. Yeah. So it wasn't until there were like 20 seconds left when I messaged you and was like, okay, how do we approach this? And I think between the two of us, we just, we dealt with it perfectly. Yeah. And it ended up being one of the great nights of online. The strategy was essentially find anybody that said like we were wrong and just hit them with, and then what happened? Just over. <laughs> over. I think one of the, the underrated parts for that for me was like the people that, afterwards like did not understand what's going on and took it serious <laughs> like, oh man you guys called it yeah, you sure did they and called then, it good call russ you can cut this out but or you can leave it in like we were going to plan on deleting the tweet and then just like yeah. feverishly that it ever happened if they had lost I, i'm, I'm gonna it. leave that in because i want people <laughs> to understand that this whole thing was a joke to us there are like this wasn't us bragging this wasn't us like being really convinced that saint mary's was gonna win this was just for fun and so if gonzaga had won the game which they very well could have we would have deleted the tweet denied it and probably had just as much fun online absolutely there there are ten thousand seven hundred people that follow us on twitter that put up with that's nonsense. insane so thank you thank you to all of our lovely followers we cannot wait to dunk on you when your team loses next week. Yeah, your team's bad. I'm sorry. Except my team is actually good. No, your team is good, but all the other teams are bad. Yeah, especially Valpo. Valpo sucks. Valpo's terrible. Not as bad as Detroit Mercy. Detroit Mercy's also bad. Bakari Alexander might be a large adult son. He's kind of big. He's, a big guy. He's very active on Twitter. I don't know if you've noticed that. He is. He's yeah. in our feed a lot. Yeah. Saw him. He was here last week. Seemed like a nice guy. I didn't talk to him, but. Oh, but he's a large adult son, you say. He's he's a good size. He's probably six three ish, maybe. All right, so he's like he's no me. Yeah, he's he's not six eight like you, but you know. He's substantial. Right, so a couple of things that I did want to get to before we get out of here. Um, first of all, Chris, do you have a trivia question? No, hold on. I can. All right. Well, while you're looking it up, um, I'm just going to remind everybody that Chris and I will be in Philadelphia next weekend. So that is Super Bowl weekend, February 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. We will be catching a couple games at the Palestra. Uh, we'll watch LaSalle play in their gym, and we're going to attend the Seton Hall-Villanova game just for funsies at Wells Fargo Center that Sunday. So if you live in Philadelphia, if you're going to be around Philadelphia, 
let us know. Um, Gonzaga plays BYU, I think, on Saturday night. Is that right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to double-check yeah. that. But I think... Gonzaga plays BYU on Saturday night, we think, and one of those nights, and we're going to find some sort of bar or establishment where we could have some sort of live watch, maybe maybe pod, maybe Periscope, maybe just buying drinks and watching basketball. We're not entirely sure. So if you're around, let us know, and we'll let you know the details of where we'll be and when, uh, but that's just something to keep an eye out for. I cannot find a good trivia question. I'm so sorry. I mean, are they ever good trivia questions? No, not. I mean, not really. There's. I'm looking looking at these like win streaks, like longest current win streaks. There's a lot of mid majors on here. Really? There are one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams that have won at least seven straight games from mid majors. Ten teams that have won seven straight games. Currently, yeah. Currently right. on a at least a seven game win streak. Wanna see how many we could name? That's a good one. Sure. Yeah. Vermont. Yes. Louisiana. Yes. I'm out. Rhode Island. Rhode Island, yes. Rhode Island's at ten straight. New Mexico State. They're not. They're not on here. Okay. Montana? Montana is at seven. Hmm. We we literally just got done talking about them. You expect me to remember what we were just talking yeah, about? I'm... <laughs> St. Mary's? St. Mary's, yes. They oh, won yeah. 14 straight. Second longest win streak in the country behind Purdue. Ooh, nice. Uh, East Tennessee State? That's yep, a good they're one. at 10. Boise. Another fan. Not Boy- Boise just lost last night. Oh, they did? I didn't watch yeah, the game. Did. We didn't they watch them. <laughs> I didn't watch. I wouldn't know. Uh, Oof, this, is a, this, this is a good one. Uh, Buffalo? Good oh, Buffalo? Buffalo, yep. They're at seven straight. Uh-huh. Got three more. Ooh, boy. One of them was talked about earlier on this podcast as my potential upset pick. Who? South Dakota State. My beloved fighting Mike Doms have won eight straight. Yeah. Need two more. One, I think, is kind of obvious. One Probably is- going to be ranked this week, maybe. Probably. Nevada? Yeah. Nevada. Nevada. We got one more? One, one more. Ooh. Indiana. Did you say Indiana? Yeah. Well, please log off. <laughs> the- this team kind of started out a little bit slow, but has kind of turned it on as of late. Northern Iowa. Uh, God, no. no. Oakland. Uh, not No, definitely not Oakland. Um, Oakland's got to be close. They're good. Eh. The Bucknell? No, they're... Uh, Bucknell's a good guess. Atlantic Sun. FGCU. Mm. Yep, they won seven straight. Nice. Wow. Hey, we got them all. We we know stuff. We not a lot of stuff. We, we put in preparation. Now you know St. Mary's is tied for most wins in the country right now with Purdue. We're both nineteen and two. 
Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Mid-Major Madness podcast. For Chris Schutte and Greg Mitchell, I'm Russ Steinberg. Hopefully we'll talk to you again, you know, sometime before a month from now.